Welcome to another episode of Forgotten Athlete Podcast with your host Joseph. Today we'll be talking mainly about the NBA just because obviously it's the playoff time. Um, name of this podcast is going to be called Fuck Boston. Um, just watch the winning time episode number seven, I believe it is. And that was the thing that uh, Coach uh, West Paul said. Um, and it stuck with me because of yesterday. And yesterday was a, a day of, of great basketball for the most part. Uh, even the Pelicans game last night was pretty good. Chris Paul, vintage. We saw vintage. I repeat, vintage Chris Paul dropping 30 and 10. Uh, oldest player to do that um, in NBA history. So that's really great to see because I believe that Chris Paul is a point guard. Yes, I said it. Point guard. I think he's one of the best point guards I've ever seen. Um, but, um,. Honestly, I think one of the best things to happen yesterday was the uh, Nets in the Boston game. I think that was one of the better. I think that was one of the better games of the season. Um, I think that was one of the probably is going to be the highlight of that of that playoff series between those two teams. Um, but I mean, I think all I think the game's going to go. I think the series going going to go to seven. I mean, obviously, um, Boston has the upper hand. Um, you know, with the. Um, um, the home field advantage and then, you know, being Boston, you know, that's, that's a, that's a uh, home field advantage that people actually, um, you know, contribute, um, in, in the stands. And we saw that last night and that's kind of when I wanted to get the ground rolling with this episode today and just kind of talk about Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Um, I know this is a Kyrie Irving hate podcast, but you know, you know, n- nothing but love from Kyrie over the past couple of weeks since he's been fully able to play, but especially yesterday, man, get this flowers. I mean, that was Vince's Kyrie. That was, you know, I mean, I, I've been watching Kyrie for a long time. You know, Kyrie's been one of my favorite guards to watch, even though I don't really like his off-the-court antics. Um, but he's been one of my favorite guards to watch, you know, ever since he's been in the league. Um, I've been quoted to say that he's better than Curry during that whole Curry and him um, finals, uh, you know, back and forth. Obviously, that was proven to be a lie. Curry's the GOAT um, in this decade, but um, you know, Kyrie Irving is a great player, man. And, um, you know, I think, you know, he just Will Smith, the crowd last night or yesterday afternoon, um, during that game. And I, I just wanted to, um, talk about Boston fans in general. And, and, you know, um, I got a brother who lives out in Boston, um, you know, and good thing this podcast is not as big as it is because he'd be getting obliterated right now if um, they heard what I had to say about the Boston fans uh, fan base and I got a couple of people who are you know Celtics fans so this is not to every Celtics fan uh, that's out there or every Boston sport fan that's out there but you know Boston fans and I would say majority of them you know even the players you talk about like baseball players football players they talk about the town of Boston, you know, the, 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 the people there, they face racism there. They face hate there when they aren't playing well. And, you know, we get a lot of that fan base from, you know, Philadelphia, from, you know, Boston to, um, you know, what else is out there in the NBA? That's Chicago. Not really that type of a fan base, but this is kind of a fanatic fan base. You know, even the Warriors fan base is kind of crazy. Um, but um, in terms of just the overall uh, viewpoint of the fans and what Kyrie Irving did yesterday was phenomenal. I mean, the 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 double middle finger <laughs> behind the afro was probably the <laughs> the smartest thing that he's ever did uh, in that regard. In terms of talking trash, that was the best thing I see yesterday. The dude the, <laughs> he threw a figure, two figures behind his afro, so the TV, so the camera couldn't see it. And that was smart. 
Because he flipped him off after he, after he made that shot. That was dope. I mean, that, that was just dope to watch. Um, as a fan, you I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I don't I don't mind it. I, I actually live for it. You know, that's just great basketball to me. It's just great competitor. Uh, I mean, he's, you know, I, I don't think the NBA is going to suspend him. I know he's going to get uh, probably about $50,000 worth of fines. He's already got fined $25,000, I think, the last couple, last week or something like that, where he said something about the about an official or something like that. But, you know, he's just, he, he just does not care anymore. Like, he he's to the point where he believes that players need to be able to be outspoken just as if fans are outspoken. And, and, and listen, man, I, I, I've been saying it the whole time. I think fans talk too much shit. I think fans talk a lot of stuff that they don't really know about. And especially Boston fans, they're the worst fans in general. Because, you know, they, 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 they all think that they have the greatest team to ever exist. And, you know, especially the Celtics, specifically the Celtics. I know the Bruins won. I know the Patriots won. But, you know, the, the Celtics, they, they've won one championship in the past, what, 20 years, 25, 25, 30 years. And these guys act like their teams are the best teams they ever, you know, put on a court. And you should be honored to play for the Celtics. And, and I'm watching this winning time episode because, listen, man, this winning time episode, Lakers-Celtics rivalry is deep. It's It's been deep for, you know, since the 70s, you know, since the 60s, actually. So, you know, Laker fans hate Celtics. Celtics fans hate the Lakers. It just is what it is, and and I'm one. Of, I'm a Laker fan, obviously, and I hate the Celtics with the with the passion. And um, you know, this is just something that you know really stuck to me because I'm like Kyrie Irving. If it was any other fan base, I probably would have been like mm-hmm, Kyrie going a little bit too far. But if it's the Celtics, man, I know what they're saying to him because I've heard stories from Shaq, from Kobe, from Robert Ory, from uh, D Fish to. You know, even the guys like Kuzma, you know, these guys are outspoken about Boston fans in general. And you hear these stories about how they, uh, what they say to them, you know, how they say it, you know, calling them boys, things like that, you know. And these are grown, you know, men calling other men boys and stuff like that. Kids talking shit to them. And obviously kids talk shit everywhere because they just see what their parents are doing or whatever their uncles are doing and whatnot. But I think Boston fans in general... Um, are just it, it just an, just an issue over the top. I mean, and 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 they take things way too far. Um, they are they're they're always going at them. And, and and I see people talking about this is the reason why like you know fans are starting to go at athletes more and more because athletes are so outspoken and they can get you know a little bit of glory glory of shine or whatnot the case may be. And I don't really think that's the case. I think the case of the matter is is that the players are just fed up. You know, players are fed up, and I think the NBA is different because you get up and close to players, you know, related to the NFL, where you're, these guys are in helmets, they're in face masks, and stuff like that, where fans ain't really talking smack to players, and if they are, they're looking the other way, you know, players, fans in, in these Boston arenas, they're looking directly at Kyrie Evans, calling him a pussy, you know, and I gotta maybe, you know, put explicit on this episode, because I'll be cussing a lot, but... You know, they're they're calling him the B-word. They're calling him all these names outside of his name. You know, not Kyrie Irving, not really respecting him as a person and as a man. And that's Kyrie Irving's whole thing is respect me as a man first. And um, I think at the end of the day that, you know, Kyrie Irving had the right to, you know, throw the middle fingers up after he made that shot. That was a classic moment. You've never seen a player do that before. I've never seen a player hit that type of a jumper. And then flip off the guy that called him a pussy. 
that was legit legendary shit right there. Like that was like off the top of the dome. That that was like that was you know that was that was crazy, you know. And usually players don't really pay attention to what the fans are saying, but Kyrie Irving, he's had enough. And I don't mind him flipping off the crowd at all. I don't mind him, you know, saying what he did. Um, but um, I do say this, you know, and I say it politely: fuck Boston all day, every day. You know, you know this, that just goes for the Celtics, goes for the, you know, whoever else wants to, you know, tune in to be a Boston fan. It's just, it's it just, it's just devastating to to me to know that you know Boston fans think. You know, and just fans in general think that they can say whatever they want to these athletes. Listen, I get it. These athletes are getting paid millions of dollars, but at the end of the day, these athletes are human beings just like us. Like, if you wouldn't say it to 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 them to them at a bar, don't say it to them at on the court when they can hear you. And that's just common respect. You know, you want respect, give it back and whatnot. And I think that players, um, you know, have 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 earned the right to talk their shit. You know, uh, and kind of you know talk back and kind of just say, hey, like, I've had enough. I'm done with this. And, you know, with that being said, you know, Feck Boston, uh, thanks for listening to this intro. Um, but we got other news to talk about, you know, and we got this series to talk about. And tonight we got, you know, a good slate of basketball going on. Um, Memphis, I'm sorry, yeah, Memphis and T-Wolves. Uh, I called the Memphis beating the T-Wolves game one. I did. I told everybody that. People didn't believe me. Um, I told T-Wolves are the real deal. People were laughing at me. Um, and now look at it, right? And then we got um, uh, Toronto and Philadelphia, which game's going to come on in the next couple minutes because I'm recording this at 4.30. Uh, that game, I think, listen, man, people are overreacting about Harden. Um, you know, I think people believe that Harden is not as good of a player as he is. And listen, the guy is a baller. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's a scorer. He's a facilitator. He's really good basketball player. I think people are just overshadowing. And I see a lot of these, you know, analysts and all these people talking about, oh, they just got to force Harden's hand, make Harden. You don't want to force Harden's hand because you know what Harden does? When Harden gets cooking, you ain't stopping him. And if Embiid and Harden are cooking, you ain't beating them. And I think this is the best duo. Yes, I said it. This is the best duo in the NBA playoffs at the moment, Harden and Embiid. And I don't know why people are acting like this is – this is me being, you know, blasphemous to KD and Kyrie. No, when you talk about scoring from the perimeter, scoring to the post, getting to the free throw line, facilitating your guys, getting them involved, no one does it better than Harden, right? No one does that better than Embiid in the post, uh, other than Jokic, right? So, I mean, we got, I mean, I, I think the Sixers are going to win this series. I said five, but, uh, you know, yesterday, you know, without without Gary Trent and without, um, you know, Scotty Barnes, they may sweep them, you know? Uh, in the next, you know, four games. And Siakam has to get, like, 36 points tonight, you know, to if they even want to get a chance to win the game. Um, next game is the Utah Jazz and the Mavericks. Mavericks, obviously, out with, you know, Luka uh, not being available. And it's just tough. I do think that they're going to win one of these games at home. Um, I think, um, you know, wh- whether that be, you know, tonight or, you know, game five. Because I, I, I think this game, I think this series is still going at least six games. Um, but Luka needs, needs to come back ASAP. He needs to come back ASAP. He really does. And I think that with Luka in, this series is not even close. Like, I think the the Mavericks win in five, you know. But, you know, with Luka out, you know, I think the Mavericks can still win this series. But they're going to have to get a lot more effort, a lot more big plays made from their perimeter guys like Dinwiddie, like uh, Brunson. Those guys are going to have to step up, you know, more than what they did yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry, on, on Saturday. Um, 
Brunson missed a lot of open looks. Um, you know, um, Dinwiddie missed tons of free throws. So, you know, he's going to get to the line 9, 10 times. He's going to be able to shoot those free throw shots 9, 10 times a game. He has to make at least 7, 8 of them, you know. And he, I think he went like like 7 for 12 or something like that. And, you know, that's not good. You know, and they lose by 5 points, you know, or 6 points. So, I say, you know, if I had a, if you put a gun to my head and you want me to make a, you know, wager, I would say the Utah Jazz take tonight. Uh, but the series is far from over. It's far from over. Um, Golden State and Denver. Um, Golden State shut down Jokic yesterday or Saturday, excuse me. And uh, I just don't believe that that's going to happen again. Um, I think Curry does get a lot more minutes. He logs a lot more minutes. Jordan Poole is going to be dealt with by Malone. Malone's one of the best. Yes, I said it, one of the best defensive adjusters, adjustments or adjusters in the NBA uh, that the NBA has. And I think Mike Malone's going to be able to stop uh, that perimeter shooting that Poole did. However, that's going to leave Clay and, and, and Steph, you know, with the autonomy to do whatever they want on the court. Wiggins, expect a big game for Wiggins tonight. A lot of talk has been going on about this uh, Fast Five. I saw, you know, someone say or this 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 lineup that doesn't include Wiggins. Uh, you know, people are overlooking this guy. So, hey, if I'm betting, I don't know what his prop bets are. Maybe like 16 and a half, 15 and a half points. I would take the over. I think he's going to give 25 plus points tonight uh, because I think Wiggins is going to show out tonight. I, I think he's getting tired of hearing people talk about him. You know, I really do. And I think Wiggins is... Is, is has the ability to do that. He gets enough shots. He gets about 12, 13 shots a game. He has that ability. I think he can go 8 for 12, 9 for 12, something like that in that ballpark range where he's shooting high efficient shots, getting to the free throw lines, making his open threes that he gets. Yeah, I mean, you know, expect a big game for Wiggins tonight, all right? And um, the winner of the game, it's going to be tough. I think this game's going to go down to the wire. It's not going to be a blowout like people are saying. Uh, like the Warriors are not going to blow these guys out, and, and and I think the Warriors are playing into the J- Nuggets' hand with being you know confident in themselves, but also respecting their opponents, which is great because this last thing you want to do is piss off Jokic. I think I think the Nuggets can win this game. Um, however, to win this game, Jokic is going to have to have one of those forty-point triple doubles, and can he do that? Yes. Will he do that? Eye test has to happen. You know, we have to see it. Um, and um, if we see it, I think. We get a chance of uh, having a good game. <laughs> um, if not, you know, it's going to be another blowout like like it was. And, you know, we're going to see Poole checking out Malika Andrews. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, um, I mean, um, you know, but, yeah, man, this playoffs is going to be good, man. I, I, people are saying, oh, this playoffs is nothing without LeBron James. It's probably was a lot of stuff. We got a lot of good games, a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, and, um, you know, last thing I wanted to bring up about the NBA, or actually one more thing, you know, two things you know, but one more thing I want to bring about the NBA is the Six Man Award, and um, you know the more you look into it, I had a I had a future bet. I put a future bet in. I put a future bet in for Tyler Hero. Um, I put a future bet in for um, Jordan Poole, and I put a future bet in for um, I want to say Darius Garland to be most improved. And um, um, if you um, look at historically the most improved, um, because I, I I keep on hearing people talk about Jordan Poole should be most improved, obviously, Draymond Green had that big soliloquy about being most improved. And if you look at it from just an overall, you know, viewpoint, overall perspective, last two guys who won most improved were Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle. Both those guys, what they have in common, they both made the All-Star game, right, from years that they didn't, obviously, in the past. And, uh, you know, the Bay Area is just so confused why Jordan Poole is not, as a, not an All-Star. And, 
it goes. I think it goes without saying, you know, that Jordan Poole's a great player. You know, he has high potential, but he's nowhere near to what these guys are doing with Darius Garland, John Morant, and I forget the last finalists. Uh, but you know, those are the main two guys that are that are in the front runners to win it. Um, and John Morant, he has exceeded his points by eight points. And yeah, he's been a number one overall pick, but he was not an All Star last year. You know, right? He was making highlight plays like he did, but this is his third year in the NBA. He made a big leap, averaging averaging the most points in the game. I'm sorry, averaging the most points in the paint um, of the NBA, scoring the most points in the paint. He did a lot of stuff. Darius Garland, he made a huge leap. Went from being a player that was above average to being, you know, in that top tier upper echelon of, of NBA point guards. And I think he's a top five Eastern Conference point guard. I think that goes without saying. He's top 10 point guard in the NBA. Jordan Poole, where do you rank him at as far as top shooting guards in the NBA? You, you got to, I mean, he's not a top 10 shooting guard in the NBA, you know, and, you know, it, it sucks, right? You know, it, it, it hurts Warrior fans to know that Jordan Poole's not in the upper echelon, but he's going to get there eventually. He has the potential to get there eventually. I just hope it's, I just hope it's in a Laker uniform. And, um, you know, if we get that, you know, um, uh, Rob Palenka, give, give me a call, man. I, I, I got the perfect pitch for Jordan Poole. Perfect pitch. You know, he likes, you know, hey, man, you know, if, I'm not going to get my pitch up for free, though, okay? If you want my pitch, Palenka, call my number. All right, hit me on Instagram. Hit me on Twitter. I, I, I'll get Jordan Poole to sign with the Lakers for sure. It's easy. He's going to be a, listen, and I was talking to it with my friend, and the Warriors screwed up badly because they had a full-year $85 million offer to pull on the table. They didn't give it to him, though. And that was probably the stupidest thing they could have done. Because usually the usually Bob Myers is smart with his contracts. He's smart with it. Um, but now they're going to have to pay over their luxury tax, and they're going to have to offer this guy a hundred, probably a hundred, probably $160, $150 million contract. Because he's, 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 he's exceeded his rookie his contract and he he's a free agent next year he's a restricted free agent this year um but um i'm sorry next year and um you know they have the bird rights on them so they have all this stuff to match his offers but you know if pool is not a veteran guy like he's not a you know he's not a guy that who's going to take less money or he's going to wait till next year to get his contract no he's going to hold out he's going to get his money he's going to say hey i need a contract negotiation and you know pool's a smart guy he's a you know, Andre Iguodala, he does not give a damn about the ownership money because he and that's his and that's his guy. That's his young boy. He's not gonna let him get you know mopped over the floor and whatnot. And he has obviously he probably has an agent and whatnot. And I think Jordan Poole's gonna get a 150, 160, 170 million dollar contract over like four or five years, and it's not too far off from what other guys are making. You know that has that has his potential and whatnot. And and um, yeah, man, the Warriors screwed up big time though because. They could have had Jordan Poole for four years, $85, $80 million, and now they got to pay him $80, $80, $90 more million you know, than what they were expecting to pay him. And it's tough pill to swallow, but they got to get rid of Draymond. They got to get rid of Clay. They got to get rid of Wiggins. They got to get rid of Steph. Someone they got to get rid of. Obviously, Steph's not going to go anywhere. Um, obviously, Draymond's probably not going to go anywhere because he's the anchor of the team. Um, the, the two guys I've been, you know, been writing down are the uh, Pelican. I'm sorry. Shoot. <laughs> The um, w- uh, Wiggins and Clay Thompson. Those are the two main guys that I think are going to get traded. And I think, um, listen, man, I think the owner, I forget his guy's name, but he's going to get tired of paying luxury taxes over and over and over again. And, yes, they have the, the cap space to do it. They have the hard cap, you know, space to sign pool. But let's be honest. He's not going to have, what, five guys on his roster is making $30 million next year? 
You know, I mean, that's just not 30, 30 plus more. And, and Steph is making 50 million, you know, or 45, whatever he's making. You know, they're just not going to do that, you know. And um, I think at the end of the day, you're going to have to question yourself, you know, Warrior fans. Do you guys want Wiggins? Do you guys want Clay? Do you guys want Clay or Jordan Poole? Like, who do you guys want at the end of the day? And Clay's going to be the automatic out, obviously, because he's younger. But I would love to see Clay in a Laker uniform. I would just love it. You know, you know, and I'm just um, not sure if we have what it takes to give it, uh, get them. But you know, it, I think if the Lakers, I think you know, hear hear me out, hear me out, good. All right, I think if the Lakers, the Warriors, and another third party team can figure out a way to get Russell Westbrook out of L.A., get him somewhere, bring Clay Thompson to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, uh, give him back THT, give him back, you know, Austin Reeves. You know, whatever the case may be, you give them back some youth because that's ultimately what they're looking for, um, you know, and it's to relieve that cap space. And you give that up and you you get boom, you get, you know, you get back Clay Thompson, you know, and I got to look at him more. I'm not really I'm just thinking out top of my head, but these are certain trade scenarios. And obviously, Clay Thompson is going to be the I mean, Andrew Wiggins is going to be the guy that's going to be first. Up, but player, but but Jim are going to be like, hey, come on, man. we want Clay. We don't want Wiggins. We want Clay. And GMs are going to force their hands because look, GMs have been trying to split up the Warriors' big three for the past five seasons because, listen, the Warriors have been ruling, or not ruling, but run, running the NBA, you know, and, and obviously Clay's been out, so they haven't had the opportunity to do that. But, you know, and, um, you know, I think Clay Thompson has the ability to um, kind of give them what they're looking for in a trade, you know, whether it be some picks, whether it be um, players, young players, you know, it's just going to be tough uh, for, you know, you know what I can think of? And just off the top of my head, here's what I can think of. Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon, um, Buddy Hill goes back to um, the Warriors. Warriors get back. Uh, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, Warriors get back Brogdon, Warriors get back, um, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Buddy Hill, or they get back either or one of those guys. Lakers trade Westbrook to the Pacers. L- Warriors give the Lakers Russell Westbrook. That's a win-win trade for everybody because you know why? Brogdon and Buddy Hill contracts are over what the Pacers want to pay. Russell Westbrook can get a buyout, right? He can get a buyout from the Pacers and then go somewhere else and sign wherever he wants out because that's what the Pacers are going to do. They're going to buy him out. They're not going to play him just because they're, they're tanking. They're rebuilding. And then the um, the Warriors, they get back broad. And who's on a who's on a, I, 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 I'm not looking at his contract, so I, do, I don't know exactly what his contract is, are, but I believe he has two years or two years left on his contract. And I think he's making about $20 million, $25 million. So similar to what Clay's making, and then Buddy Hill's the long, the, the the long range out. So maybe Buddy Hill maybe over exceeding what they're looking for. But I'm just trying to put some trace in there that's out there for Warrior fans to kind of soak in and kind of understand that hey man, this the, the ball's gonna be moving. And uh, if the Lakers can get hey man, if the Lakers can get Clay Thompson, hey, what what what? How they be saying cheese something like that? You know, I, I'm gonna be happy, man. I'm gonna be happy. Trace scenario, you heard it here first. Forgotten Athlete Podcast. Pacers get Russell Westbrook, Lakers get Klay Thompson, Warriors get back Buddy Hield, they get back Malcolm Brogdon. You heard it here first. Forgotten Athlete Podcast. All right, today is April 18th. It's my dad's birthday. Um, 
Timestamp 4.42 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You heard it here first. I'm dropping trades out here. You heard it here first. But um, can't go a day, can't go another podcast without, you know, I, I think I missed one last week, but can't go another podcast without, you know, talking about a forgotten athlete, uh, which is uh, today's uh, athlete is going to be DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins um, had an article that came out this past week, or actually today, um, talking about his uh, situation with the uh, – um, um, the Kings, uh, how he regrets um, working out for them because they kind of force his hand with his with with his team, uh, with his career. Um, and 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 I don't pe- I don't think people realize how great Demarcus Cousins was. I mean, this guy was he's the reason why there's so many bigs that are out there. And you know, and and throughout his career, he's you know he's um, you know um, he's um, what's the word I'm looking for. He's uh, played for a lot of teams, obviously, over the past like five seasons because of his, uh, you know, his ACL injury. Then he tore his Achilles, um, you know, during that same year. Um, you know, I, I, after rehabbing it, you know, he was on a lake with the Warriors. But uh, you know, um, yeah, he was on the Lakers. He tore his Achilles when the Lakers won a championship. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, you know, I, I love Cousins. I always have. He's changed the game to where. The bigs are stretching the floor now. He was one of the first like American bigs, I would say, to 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 bring that to the table. Um, and you know, Carl Anthony Towns credits Cousins, Anthony Davis credits Cousins for showing him the way, kind of kind of introducing that type of style to the NBA. Um, and um, you know, just what he did at his at his prime years, and it sucks to know that his prime years are over now. Um, but I'm happy to see that he's still in the NBA. You know, and you know that's one of the the, the greatest achievements I think of Cousins' uh, career is his bounce back, and um, you know I think it's just one of those careers where it's just you know it, it it unraveled at a point where he was in his prime. He was about to make big money. Um, now obviously he's already made big money, but he was about to make big big money. He was going to get supermax from the Kings. I'm sorry, from the Pelicans. Did not work out that way. Pelicans let him go a year later. Um, actually, that same offseason I think they let him go. After he tore his Achilles, or he put, oh no, he got traded during the All Star break. That's what it was. No, he got traded off the break from the Kings to the Pelicans. You know, so yeah, so man, you know, this is just sucks, man. It sucks, but um, you know, shout out to Demarcus Cousins, man. You know, I've always been a fan of yours. You, you are not forgotten on my book, man. You're one of the, I say, you're my top four, uh, Kentucky. Uh, players they ever play the game uh, at Kentucky University, even though you were only there for one year with John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, uh, Patrick Patterson. Um, you know, um, there's a lot of good guys out there uh, during that uh, season that you were there. Uh, I think it was 2009, 2010 season you were there. Um, but yeah, man, that team, Eric Bledsoe was there. If I hadn't said his name already, uh, but that, that was one of my first teams where I actually like enjoyed watching college basketball because i mean obviously jimmy reddick uh jimmy for dead uh there was steph curry there was uh, jj reddick there was always sharpshooters all the time uh in the in the college world kevin durant um but there was really never like dominant bigs and like it was there never really like dominant bigs who like went to the nba and became more dominant and cousins was one of the first ones that i could think of just uh just off the top of my head uh just modern basketball when i just started watching basketball uh college basketball specifically where he was doing a lot of stuff, and uh, he came to the league, um, you know, averaging 14 and 10, I'm sorry, averaging 14 and 9, you know, and then, you know, from there, he just averaged 25 and uh, 12, uh, what is that, 27 and 12, 
27 and 11, 28 and 10, 24 and 12, 25 and 12. And, you know, those were his peak careers. And even when Golden State, he averaged 16 and, and 8. And obviously, he started 30 games, played in 30 games. That's phenomenal, you know, for that Warriors. Because the, the Warriors team had KD, it had Clay, it had Steph, it had Draymond. So, yeah, he averaged that with the with, with the Warriors, and that's crazy. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, shout-out to Dream, uh, shout out to uh, DeMarcus Cousins, man. You're a big, big, big uh, inspiration uh, just because, you know, you could have just stopped playing basketball after your ACL. could have stopped playing after your Achilles, but you kept on trying. You could have you, 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 you kept on playing. You could have stopped playing when you got dropped from Houston, when you got dropped from the Clippers, when you got dropped from the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, multiple times. When you got dropped by the Nuggets, but you kept on playing. You found a good team, and now you're – you know, you're succeeding in your role, which is to back up Jokic. And, you know, you're 31 years old. I think his starting days are over, you know, being a consistent 25 and 10 guy like he is. But, you know, that doesn't negate his career. And, um, you know, he talked about how if he didn't go to the Kings, you know, he regrets going to the Kings workout because the Kings kind of, you know, predestined his NBA, uh, you know, career where he didn't have a franchise that really cared. You know, the owner is in it for the money, seems like, you know, and he, you know, built a new stadium, but really didn't really do anything for Cousins when he was there. But he used Cousins to get to where he's at. And, um, you know, having different ownerships, having several different coaches, having several different GMs. And um, it just sucks, man. Um, But, um, yeah, man, um, that's about it today for the NBA. Um, I don't really have anything on the NFL. I mean, shout out to Denzel Ward. You got paid. Um, I was going to talk about Kaepernick, but, I mean, I'm just over here talking about him. Um, right now, Raptors are up 13-9. Let's see Let's see what they're doing. All right, we're going to tune into the Raptors and um, the uh, Sixers game. But um, thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys uh, next week.